this week we're back on the same topic, even though there have been different uh, titles, we've really been talking about, this will be week six, about how to transition, how to walk in a promotion, how to enter into a new area in life, you know. God calls his people up. One thing about life with God is if we walk with God, and that's the big thing, just walking with Him, it said the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter day by day. And so there are new things, better things. Uh, You know, sometimes people think, well, what's taking so long? I, I heard somebody say this a long time ago, and it has weighed out so true. He said that in walking with God, payday doesn't come every Friday. But if you stick with it, eventually payday will come. And there is a major truth in that, especially when we live in a world where we have things set up and uh, where, you know, you, you get hired and you get a job and you expect a paycheck, whether to be deposited or given to you uh, every week once every couple of weeks, once a month, whatever it is, and bonuses or whatever, every so often, or however the system is, there is just some kind of order. But things can be so different that way with God, where it's not every Friday where you get a promotion, or every Friday you transition. Sometimes transition times and promotion times with God can look like, boom, there's one, there's another one, and then all of a sudden it's a while between then and the next one. But there is a process, and there are things to do when we transition in life. I mean, you know, we really live in a society where all things are really measured out. You know, the kids are in school a certain amount of time. You you know, retirement age is this. So you think, well, that's when it should be. And uh, with God, you know, uh, there are things that are not measured out like that. And sometimes they can be downright long or short. And we can tell what thrills people. And it, it, it sometimes the things that thrill people are not always altogether as they seem. Meaning this, everybody wants hope, and rightfully so. Everybody wants something good. But I've seen this over the years, uh, where people will say, I, wh- I like, what I like is the suddenlies of God. Anybody ever heard that before? Oh, it's all about the suddenlies of God. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, hands? Yeah. We've, we've probably all heard that. And, and, and I started thinking about that one time a while back, about these suddenlies of God that we read about, like in Acts. Uh, that suddenly uh, was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in the making. It was first promised way back, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago by Joel in the Old Testament, a foretelling of this. And then then Jesus comes along and right as he's about to start ministry, uh, it's prophesied again. But now it's a little about three and a half years 
before it happens. Then Jesus is preaching in John 7 and said, um, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I'm going to be pouring out the Spirit. But it still didn't happen for some years. And then... All of a sudden, we see the end of his ministry. We still don't see this outpouring, what we call the suddenly. But it's like right there. There's a, I mean, there is a final transition. And then it said, suddenly there came a sound. The end sounded sudden, but the process wasn't. And we've gone through and looked at all different aspects about transitioning, but, you know, Joseph, remember the guy with the robe of many colors? He had a vision from God, and uh, he told his brothers, he was pretty excited, you guys are all going to bow down to me, which is what you want to hear from your younger brother. And you guys are all going to serve me. And uh, they're like, yeah, that sounds real good. And they sell him into slavery. And you would think with such a wonderful promise from God, it's got to be automatic that this is going to happen in about a week. 30-something years later, it happened. But how many of you know if something tarries, you wait for it? And so we've gone through and talked about all different aspects, or not all, but various different aspects about transitioning or that time right before uh, you enter into promotion or enter into a, a, a new career, a new relationship, or, you know, a new thing in God. And sometimes, you know, we can be going along and going along, and, and we come to the place where you're in that waiting game. You kind of are coming out, and you're going into something new. And so I want to talk about that today from Scripture, what different people did when they were like right at the door of a real change or a real promotion, uh, uh, something different. And like I said, you know, through these weeks, we've talked about different aspects, how that as we grow, we begin to see things different. In other words, we grow out of the place we were, and we grow where we come into a place where God wants us to be. Our perception will change. We talked about how you have to be careful because all of a sudden you'll start seeing things you never saw before. Maybe there was things that were out of order that you just thought, this is the most wonderful thing, you know, going on. And then all of a sudden as you grow, you start thinking, hey, why is this like this? And why is this like this? Well, what happens is you grow, you start to see things maybe that were there the whole time. So you just need to realize, hey, this is growth. I don't need to be critical. I need to realize, man, I'm seeing from a bigger perspective. And smaller thinking uh, doesn't fit in bigger places. It just doesn't fill out right. And so we've talked about all different aspects of transition, change, promotion, entering into new. But I want to talk, and if I titled this one, and like I said, all of them have been titled totally different because we've looked at different areas, but this would be called the waiting game. And really, from this perspective of the waiting game, this is a small period of time. 
we're going to look at from the Bible. And this is what seems so impressed to me as I was getting ready, that this waiting game we're talking about right now was not a waiting game of six months, wasn't a waiting game of five years. It wasn't the waiting that we saw in Moses' life where it had entered into his heart and, and it was years later. When we're talking about a waiting game right now, we're talking about, you know, the bus is somewhere on the route ready to pull up. You're at the bus stop. What are you going to do? Meaning it's a quick wait, but there is time. And I don't mean like years or whatever, but I mean a short, short window. What do you do? So turn with me to Luke's gospel, the 24th chapter, and we're going to look at from scripture this wait, this short transition time. What do we do in this time? Luke 24, as we're moving out of one and moving into another area. I very much remember a time like this in my life when uh, I was leaving California. I had kind of come out of ministry even though the pastor had said, hey look, we're going to keep you on by title only and just do some different things, but you know, you won't be over the youth, even though you're the assistant pastor or one of them. You you won't be doing all these different things. It'll be by more by title. Just keep preach when I'm gone or or come up and minister to people when we minister to people and do announcements and things like that. And um, so by the front, I looked the same. But I could remember being at home thinking something is changing inside. Uh, I, I need to move from here, but I'm still here. And I mean, it was right at the door and it was like a waiting game. And, and, and it was a real thing. And I know that can happen with jobs. It can happen in relationships. It can happen in so many different areas. And so right here, we're going to see that this happened in the Bible. And we've been looking, like I said, at different stories about transition and leaving one area, entering into another. Luke 24, 49. And I'm going to read this um, from the the World English Bible first. It says, Behold, I send forth the promise of my Father on you. So Jesus has already died. He's risen. And he said, I'm sending the promise. I mean, this is something that is inevitable. I mean, it is, it is as close as close can be. But he said, but wait. But wait. I mean, how hard is that? I mean, we all know how kids are, and you know how your kids are or how other kids are, and there are certain kids you do not tell we are, tell them two months you know, early we're going to Disneyland. You just don't do that. That, that would be torture. Because they have no concept of time or six months before we're going to Disneyland... They're going to wake up every morning going, are we there yet? Are we going? Are we there? No, no, don't talk to me this month. What? Don't talk to me for six months. You know how hard that would be on a little kid? And so the Lord, when he said wait, he wasn't like, wait, I'll see you in 50. 
years. This is like a less than two-month period. But it was a real period of time. And he said, I am sending you the promise that was promised by Joel that when it happened, it was suddenly. But we're at this end window. I mean, we're right at the end. He said, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed with power from on high. So he basically said, there's going to be a dramatic change that's coming your way, uh, but you're going to need to wait just a little bit. Go to Jerusalem and, and, and wait for it. Well, what does this waiting look like then? Notice verse 50, it said, and we'll begin reading whatever translation you have from the 24th chapter. It says, and he led them out, this after saying, I'm going, but wait there, as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. So he, he basically, you know, infers and, and puts a blessing upon them. And then it says, now it came to pass while he blessed them, that he was parted from them. What does that mean? It means all of a sudden right in front of him, he's blessing them and he starts floating up in the air. Talk about, you know, prayer time. Wow, are you sensing what I'm sensing? No, it's like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And he just starts going up in the air and they're being blessed. And I guarantee when they're being blessed, they're, they notice something happening in them and, and up he goes out of their sight. And, and this is a real thing. And he was carried up from there in heaven and they worshiped him. I would too. I bet you would. And they, they, so what did they do? They now have entered into this wait period. This is a short wait period, but they've already got one instruction. Super simple, but listen guys, here's what you're going to do. The first thing you got to do in this tiny wait time is go to Jerusalem. Get yourself in the position you need to be in. That's it. First thing. And so what did they do? They worshipped him. Then they returned to Jerusalem with depression. <laughs> oh, brother. Wonder what's going to happen to us. He said we're going to be persecuted. No, he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And he said, there is a change coming and it is so good, but you just need to take this step. How many of you know that sometimes it's not the big thing it's not the big thing. Remember the Syrian who came to the prophet and uh, the prophet wouldn't even come out and tell him and he was looking for healing and, and he said, the prophet said, you know, sends a servant and said, go tell him to dip seven times in the river Jordan and that guy got ticked off. He's like, man, I'm the king. I'm this ruler. Who does he think? We've got cleaner rivers back there. And the servant, one of his servants, kind of, you know how they talk about, called him back off the ledge. He's like, we got clean rivers. He wants me to go dip in this dirty one. And he said, wait a minute. He said, if he would have asked you something hard to do, wouldn't you have gladly done it? And he was like, oh yeah. In this little wait time, it's not always the big hard thing. Like, I'm looking for the hard thing. What's the, do, how many days do I need to fast? How, how much should I pray? 
how much should I do this? It was just follow the simple instruction. And for him, go dip seven times in the River Jordan. Just be faithful to the small things you know in these small times of transition. This is huge because some people don't do this well. And what they don't realize is some of these things carry forward. Haven't we all seen this on a job? I'm leaving. I got a new job. I've only got two weeks left. And they kind of think, who cares about this? Who cares about if I'm on time still? How many of you realize we're not doing things under men, we're doing things under God, and we're wanting to develop our own character because we're going to take that with us where we go. And we're sowing into the future. And we're blessing whoever we're with at that time. And if they're a brother or a sister in the Lord, we're helping the kingdom. If they're a lost person, we're being salt and light, and we're giving our last opportunity for them to see our witness. Yeah, they were all good until they got promoted, and then they were leaving us, and they turned into whatever. Or they can leave and say, man, I wish you weren't leaving because those things are left behind. And so transition times, on those short times, we've seen it. You know, and, and listen, I'm not saying it's easy to do that transition. Praise the Lord, I'm finally out. Almost. I'm just about in. Praise the Lord. And your hope is connected to something in the future. And you can see it's happening, but I'm in the present. I understand there can be the dream. But I am convinced by things we see in Scripture and we'll look at that there are things that we need to be disciplined in the now, even though we might be excited for the hope and the great expectation of a new position, greater things in ministry, life, whatever it is uh, that, that we're going forward in. We may not realize how certain things that are now get pulled into our future. And sometimes what we neglect in this small transition still has to be dealt with later. You ready? Everybody okay? Notice this. They worshipped him. They went to Jerusalem. They, they knew this is his command. Here we go. So what are some of the things that they did in this interim time? Or in this Jesus has died He's about to pour out the Spirit. We're in a 50-day period, you know, just less than a couple of months. They've come from one place. They're entering into another. What did they do during that time? Look in Acts, the first chapter, and we're going to see, and some of these things are direct things that they did, but there's a principle of how to live. What do you do when you're transitioning? You know, I, I know this even with people who get married there are, or are about to get married. There are a lot of moving parts that, or you take on a new job. What it does, it affects your whole area. Having a kid is a transition time. And there are certain things of discipline you really have to follow 
or habits or good things that you once walked in could get squeezed out. So we don't want that. So we want to be alert. And so here in in Acts, the first chapter, we're going to see what they did as they were in this tarry or wait time, in this transition. What did they do? Acts 1, notice this in verse 15. Acts 1, 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, and altogether the number of the disciples... Uh, of their names was about 120 and said men and brethren and so Peter is there with about 120 other followers of Christ leaders in this future movement that's just about to happen they're in this transition he starts addressing them and verse 20 says this For it is written in the book of Psalms, and talking about Judas, one of the uh, disciples that should have been with them, but has gone off, done his own thing, literally kills himself after selling out the Lord. And he said, let his dwelling place be desolate, let no one live in it, and let another take his office or his position. Verse 21 said, Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord went in and out among us, and then he goes on to explain things. What are they doing right now as they have made it back to Jerusalem? They're, they're in this waiting time. They realize we need to take care of church business. We need to take care of kingdom business. Their priority is kingdom business. They, they're in a transition time. And how many know that in a transition time, there can be fun times, there can be pressing times uh, that come, you know, you're going to get married. It's fun. You're doing all this stuff. How many know it's busy? Same thing with a job. You get in a new job or, or waiting for a promotion. You know, it, there can be excitement in that. There can be a lot of demand. There's the demand of the present. There's the demand of learning the new and preparing for the new. But one thing that's important in all these, even if it's kingdom promotion, you have to stay about kingdom business. It has to be a priority because heaven and earth are going to pass away. The form, the fashion of this life is going to be gone sometime. And then we're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with the Lord. And some of the minute things of life are not going to matter one bit in eternity. Now, I'm not saying don't enjoy life and don't do things, but some things just are not going to matter. But the things that do matter will influence eternity and people for eternity. So when they're in this transition time, they keep kingdom business as a priority. They really needed a position to be filled. They knew that the future work depended on this promotion of somebody, that this absent spot was not what was needed, but it was, and it wasn't what the design was, but we got to fill this spot. 
And it's so interesting in this transition time, they didn't do a shortcut. You say, what do you mean? They didn't just pick the first person. If you read through here, they made sure that they met the qualifications. I would venture to think if they didn't meet the qualification, they would have been slow and wait for somebody and then put them in the position. But they knew we need to be about kingdom business. We need to do the right thing. Verse 24, it said, When they had prayed and said, You, O Lord, know the hearts of all. Show us which of these two have you have chosen. So they looked among the people and they found these two guys that fit the qualifications in this transition. And I mean, it is a short transition time. You know, one thing about spiritual things is, is do your best in these times to really live up to what you know. Don't, don't do shortcuts because it, it can be easy to do a shortcut. Now, I understand there are times when we're so busy, you're going to have to scale some things back, even how you walk with God. Somebody said, uh-oh. What are you teaching? Let me explain. When we were building this, I lived out in Gold Canyon. And um, I have a background in construction, and I know how to read blueprints. And somebody offered us to use their contractor's license, uh, commercial contractor's license. So I thought, I'll just help with the blueprints, meaning submit them to the city, do this, and I'll help oversee the build-out, the build out, and it'll just be no problem. Well, Gold Canyon's 20-something miles away from here, or whatever it is, 20-something minutes driving, and 30. So I was driving back and forth three times a day, out and back, out and back. I'm trying to do church stuff and church build, and then something happens in the city, so I don't just drive back here. I drive to downtown, which is another 10 miles further. And so I'm doing this three times a day. How many of you know I still need to walk with God, but I may not be praying as a pastor I'm not saying the qualifications are the same for everybody, but we all should have a relationship with God. But I'm not studying as much, and I'm not doing certain things as much because my time is being squeezed, because it's not just squeezed by driving. You know, you're thinking three hours a day. I held up four fingers. Three hours a day. As I held up four, four fingers, three hours a day, driving back and forth, plus driving to, you know, a, a Home Depot or wherever else. And then I'm doing work and helping oversee things and walking things through with people. So your day gets squeezed. But I realized I still have to maintain something uh, while I'm doing this. And in these transition times, our lives can be really squeezed, but we need to realize whatever is truly a priority, uh, don't condemn yourself. There are just times when you can get really squeezed. But realize those times don't last forever. You need to pick back up and put the right thing at the right place. Are you with me?
And, and so in my life, I, know, I knew I had to do that. In these transition times, one thing they did was they kept kingdom business as a priority. They, they realized, hey, we've got to do this. But now look back up at verse 14. Because there is a difference between serving in the kingdom and having a relationship with God. And, just, and I know they're interconnected. They, they're very interconnected. And so here in Acts 1.14, it said, These all continued with one accord in prayer, supplication, with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Well, in this transition time, what was one of the first things they did? They got to the place they needed to be. Then they were praying. And they were carrying out kingdom business. These things are all super important. Turn with me to John 21. So maintain. I know this, even though when I was driving back and forth, I'd be praying when I wasn't on the phone or calling church people and dealing with church business. It's just real important for us in these small transition times to keep things in their right place. Or at least, you know, realize what they are and work to have them in their right place. I know for me, when I went to Bible school, nobody had told me this, but when I went, I realized, you know, this is going to be a special time in my life. It's going to be a different time because I'm going to be trained, but and, and trained in the Scripture and trained in different things, but I realized this, I cannot substitute Bible school for my personal relationship with God. And I watched a number of people substitute uh, Bible school for a, their relationship with God. Instead of it being added to their relationship, they, they weren't praying, they weren't reading their Bible for themselves. And I remembered thinking, if there's anything a priority, what I'm going to leave with is my training, but what I'm going to leave with is my personal walk with God or not. And I watched some people get trained, and it was kind of be like being launched off an aircraft carrier. If you've ever seen those planes that get launched, there's like a rubber band. It's not a rubber band. Somebody under the deck. You know, it's just some cable that they connect to the front of the plane, and then they just whip that plane down there so it gets to speed, and then the plane's on its own. How many of you know if that jet engine is not on, it doesn't matter how fast that thing is whipping it down the runway, it's going in the water because it's got to be using its own power too. People have to maintain their own personal relationship with God. And like I said, different times are going to demand different things but you really, it's, it's like this, if you're married, you, you need to be super purposeful when you're busy. Speak the right words to, to your partner. Be open, utilize the time, even if it's smaller because you're passing yourself and them coming and going. Make sure you say the right things. Leave words with them that will talk to them later in a big way. Like your word is a container, 
your word is a present to them. And when they leave, they've gone from you. You don't have time with them. You're super busy. They're busy because you're just in one of those times. But they get to open that later. What are they opening? What present have we left them? And that's super important because how many of us have had packages uh, that have been given to us and we opened them later? We need to learn how to close those ones up, right? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Certain words that maybe were stinging. So be purposeful. And, and in these times, these, these are important to hear right things. It's important for us as believers to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Don't depend on anybody else. Be grateful for everyone who does, but if nobody else does, do what David did. He was in a transition time. He had gotten this massive victory. Everybody was singing his praise. Man, he is an awesome dude. Man, oh, they come back home, and while they were out doing their deeds, some enemies came in, robbed them of all their stuff, their wives and kids, and it said the whole bunch of them spoke of stoning them. Wow, what a change. You're awesome. Let's kill them. So David didn't look around and go, how many of you that were encouraging me uh, the other day would just got an encouraging word for me? No, it just said they spoke of stoning him. The encouragement they had was like, would you like to be buried here or here? Would you like your head to roll there or your head to roll here? Because we are going to kill you. My wife, my kids are gone. My stuff is gone. And you're it. Well, what did David do? He just started crying. No, Somebody said, yeah, that's what you need to do. No, it said he encouraged himself in the Lord. He built himself up. He said, God, you're the one who can help me. You're the one who can deliver me. You're the one who's working. I'll tell you what, you can inflate yourself in God. And not in a false way. It's really readjusting our trust. We can give words to others, but we can give them to ourselves in times too. When we're squeezed or transitioning. Notice this, John 21. Are you with me? This is another thing that we need to look at in this waiting of a short period of transition. And I say that because we've talked about different things, but John 21, we've talked about different things in this area of transition and promotion and things like that. But really, like I said at the beginning, there can be a short time. And I will say this about the short time right before. There can be a real sense of excitement, but a real sense of, this is taking a long time. And notice this here in John 21. The disciples have been with the Lord for three and a half years. I'm convinced when the Lord called them and they immediately responded and he said, follow me, and they would put down their nets and follow me and they would put down their business and whatever it is and started following him, whatever their career was, they, they took off. I am convinced before the Lord spoke to them, God had already been dealing with them about a time of transition. So when he spoke to them, they moved easily. 
that's really how the book of Acts happened. They had been sowing those seeds for years in people while the ministry of Jesus and the disciples were happening. So by the time the day of Pentecost came, they were primed. Those people had been hearing, they had been waiting for the coming of the kingdom. And so we know that these disciples have been doing this work. They, they enter in because the Lord calls them. They had been dealt with. They know they're in the right place, doing the right thing. They surrender their businesses. We're giving it up. We're going on. But then, right at the end, they had some wrong perception, and Jesus is gone. John 21, verse 3. And I think this one is such an interesting thought. Jesus has died. You know, it, it just isn't looking exactly like the ministry plan they had figured out on their, you know, their projection board. You know, here's our dream. Here's our pursuit. They threw that, that away. They threw it away. I mean, they had it all figured out. As a matter of fact, later on, we'll see that even after this adjustment, they still didn't know exactly how and what was happening. But they had their own dream. They had their own thought. They went, this is how we're going to pursue this. This is what's going down. And then all of a sudden, this isn't turning out like we thought. And here in John 21... Verse 3, it says, Then Simon Peter, this is after Christ died and is buried, he said to them, to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. Now, I think that scripture can be quoted in the right context. I've been thinking about going fishing this week. But he was talking a different kind of fishing. I'm going to go back to my old career. I'm going to end my relationship with the Lord of preaching and ministry is changing. Um, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be the end all, and this was how ministry was in life would be with ministry. But he's dead. And so I'm going to go fishing. So when he said this, he basically said, I'm going to go back to my old career, which you know what? Going back to your old career is sometimes necessary. Because they needed money. The Lord had been supplying it up till now, so they did what they needed. Peter said, I'm going back, and I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. We'll go too. Now, we understand some of the other disciples were fishermen too. And they said, we'll go back with you. Notice Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out. And immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. They're working. They're back at it, doing this thing. And, and here's the thing that's so interesting. Even after all the Lord's instruction, all that the Lord had been saying to them, all that he had been doing, all that he had prophesied to them, all they knew about Scripture they, he told them, listen, you're coming into a transition time. Things are about to change. And they're thinking, well, yeah, it changed, but not the way we thought. We're done. 
How many of you know when people think it's done, it's not always done? They caught nothing. Verse 4 says, And when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. Verse 6 says, And he said to them, Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. Here's what's interesting. The Lord's talking to them, and they're not even knowing the Lord's dealing with them yet. Let that sink in. Can people be hearing things from the Lord and not recognizing He is dealing with them at that moment? It's a good question. Haven't we all been there? All of a sudden we had a thought and thought about something and went, huh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden it comes back and then later on all of a sudden it gets clear, man, the Lord is actually dealing with me about this. Well, He was dealing with us back there but we didn't pick it up as his dealing. We might have thought it was a thought. Now, I'm okay if you have a thought and are not sure. You want to measure it out and weigh it out. You don't want to expect, accept every thought and go, oh, I had a thought. That must be the Lord. No, we want things to get clear. And they really needed clarity because here's the thing. They didn't need to quit their fishing job if there wasn't something ahead. We need to know God's guidance for ourselves. And what's so wild here in verse 7, it said, Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved, or the disciple whom Jesus loved, we know that's John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. In other words, he's like, I know that voice. I know that. that that's him. Now Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord and he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and he plunged into the sea. So I don't know if he was in his chonies. So what are those? Chonclas, chonies, sandals, underwear. And he's there in the boat getting a tan and he's like, that's the Lord. And what does he do? Once he hears that it's the Lord and he's sure it's the Lord, he's back at it. He is refreshed in his commitment, his drive. He's willing to jump overboard and go for it now. So these are different things. Pray, stay committed. Realize this, even the best plans we have in God need to be allowed to be interrupted by things that he says, not what we have designed. Are you with me? In these transition times, the best intentions, the best ideas need to be interrupted by what is the Lord saying. And if we hear that all familiar dealing and voice, the best plans need to be thrown out the window. I don't mean somebody gives me a prophecy about it. I mean I know for myself. Then I toss everything aside and I go, this is the way I'm going. So what are important things while we're transitioning in this final wait time? If we've kind of 
gone back to doing something, if, the, if we hear the Lord calling us, respond to it. Reposition ourselves. You know, that can be uncomfortable sometimes. Because they're not seeing everything just yet. But it's so very, very close. They could probably taste it, but they didn't know when, when is the outcome of this. But when the Lord was talking like this, sometimes he'll demand a step of faith when we don't see anything. And all we have is his word. And so what else did they do besides respond to him? They prayed and they stayed after kingdom business. They kept certain things as a priority. I'm going to close with this verse in the New Living Bible. And I would say this as a side thought concerning times of transition. I wonder how many people really were navigating this appropriately. That, that if the disciples and the people really knew, there would not have been about 120 in the upper room. I wonder if in this period of 50 days or so, uh, that, that if people kind of got tired or maybe took turns or different times, say, what do you mean? Were only 120 supposed to be there in that upper room in this small window of transition? He had appeared to 500 at one time besides others. Maybe in the busy, uh, they were like, oh, I can't be there today. I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, still hasn't happened yet. But there were still 120. I guarantee you that number quickly jumped when the promise was fulfilled because there are others that had been primed who were knowing that I, I, I need to stick to these habits of praying, doing kingdom business, whatever that looks like for an individual. I, I need to make sure I'm listening to the voice of God so I'm in the right place. How many of those, I mean, I don't know, maybe there were 600 people, 500 at once plus the others and however many other people he appeared to at that time that technically could have been there. But know this, when we're in this waiting time of, of transition, we're not anticipating. We know it's right there. It's just a matter of time, whether it's a relationship, a job, ministry, whatever it is. Notice this in Matthew 24, and we'll close here. And I think this verse fits our situation and maybe your situation. Matthew 24, verse 38. Talking about the coming of the Lord, but this could be true of a transition in your own life. A, a promotion or, you know, different things happening I'm convinced, and we've looked at this before, that there can be people who could be sensing a transition, sensing something that's upon, knowing something. But we, we saw not always will everybody know, but there are those who will. And notice this in verse uh, 2438. It said, For as in the days before the flood... They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. So we see in society 
there were people who were not knowing the spiritual things that were going on, and there was something real spiritual happening in front of them. Natural things had been being done, you know. There was an ark being built, a church being built. Well, those people go to church. They're weird. Why do they do that? They're building an ark for animals. That's weird. Why? What's rain? Because, see, he was preaching the whole time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Then it said in verse 39, They entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Let me say this with a sense of understanding that in times of transition, it can look like things are the same, and you realize, man, we're so close. Just like this, things can change so fast. All of a sudden, it starts raining. We close the door. We get in, and it is a whole new world on the other side. So wouldn't it be good then to be faithful doing what we know we need to do so that we're not scrambling to get in the boat, so to speak. And I know this, God will, if we keep our uh, ear tuned to him, will help us to navigate every transition in our life. I mean every transition. Whether it's a hard time coming, he'll prep you. He'll help you. Whether it's a great time coming, he'll prep you. He'll direct you. And so, looking at these things, uh, I believe this message is not about, hey, six months from now or five months from now. It's like, hey, you're in this place, whatever it is, and as a group, let's just keep our habits or reform them as we ought to, and God's working. And it's a good day.